Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I got to get rid of that. Ladies and gentlemen, George Wilder Jr. Tuning in and thanks for saying nice things about the show. Uh, those who are not saying nice things about the show probably do not listen to the show. <laughs> All righty, Penny Marshall of uh, Laverne and Shirley uh, passed away. She was also a director. Yeah, I think she did about three or four movies. You know, something like that. And uh, she did a movie with Whoopi Goldberg. I, I can't. Can't recall the movie, but she'd done about three or four movies for the League of Your Own, Big with Tom Hanks, and she passed away. She was a um, um, uh, an icon, you know, a, a TV uh, a TV stay kind of an actress and a movie actress. And Laverne and Shirley was totally, totally back in the seventies. I mean, before uh, Laverne and Shirley, I think she was. Uh, had two or three, or maybe four or five occurrences, appearances, excuse me, appearances on um, The Odd Couple with Tony, Tony who? Tony, 
Tony Randall and who's the other guy? Jack Klugman. Okay. Uh, uh, these seventy shows. She wasn't. She was a mainstay. She was it. She was a funny girl. But you know what? Uh, observing and and um, uh, reading about her, I'm, I'm finding that she was actually very, very serious-minded. She done a lot of comedy, but she was very serious. She, and I've I've heard that over years that it, in order for you to do comedy, you really have to be a very, very serious-minded individual or actor in order to do comedy to do uh, slapsticks. For instance, Jerry Lewis, for instance. I mean, we all, most of us know what it's like to watch Jerry Lewis in one of his old movies, see him being silly and stupid and funny. But Jerry Lewis in real life was uh, was a bully. <laughs> he was a, he was very, very serious. And he was a staunch uh, uh, director. I mean, he, after... Martin Martin and Lewis broke up. Uh, Lewis Jerry Lewis took the directing. I mean, he directed just about everything uh, that he was in from the '60s to the '70s and and leading up to the '80s. Probably, he directed. He was he was in charge. So um, yeah, I do think in order for someone to do comedy, you you really have to be a serious minded individual, a no nonsense person in order to do comedy. I remember Peter Sellers. I mean, I saw him in, in all of these Pink Panther movies, and, and suddenly I see this guy in something called Staying, Being There, and he was nothing like his character, Inspector Clouseau, from the um, Pink Panther movies. He was a totally different guy. He wasn't funny. He didn't, didn't know slapstick. These, this, to me, uh, and I'm talking about Penny Marshall, this, to me, is just a sign of a great actor a great person it doesn't mean that that these great actors are going to get great parts and great roles but you know uh there's no doubt they are capable of getting great parts and great roles because they're very very talented people because when you can go from one character to another character and be convincing and make people think that you are those characters that's talent that's undeniable oops I hit the microphone that's undeniable talent and that's what I believe uh, Penny Marshall had uh, I, I I really do hate to see people die <laughs> I, I especially talented people I, I well anybody actually because uh, but uh, when you see uh, people like Penny Marshall passes she's passed away she was 75 years old to me, 75 years old is pretty, pretty, not that young, but it's, it's totally not 85 or 95. So you, you think that maybe she had some time. But they're saying here that the cause of death for Penny Marshall uh, was diabetes. Complications brought on by diabetes. I mean, there are, there are, if you think about it, there are millions and millions of people are living in America and around the world with diabetes. Uh, diabetes does not have to be the end of your life, but some people can't handle it. Some people can't handle can't handle feeling dazed or confused and and uh, twisted all around inside their head and you know just spiraling out of control. You have to 
see your doctor. You have to take your medication. You have to exercise. You have to stay positive because diabetes can kill you because it eats you inside. That's what diabetes does. It eats you all up inside. And and what gets me is that so many people, so many advertisers nowadays are saying, well, eat all the fat you want. Eat all the sugar and cookies and and drink all the soda pop you want. Eat uh, That has no bearing on diabetes. Bullshit. Leave that shit alone. I mean, these are just advertising, people advertising trying to get your money. High blood sugar, low blood sugar, you got to keep that shit in check or you could be out of here. You know, uh, di- but diabetes, a, a million doctors will tell you diabetes doesn't have to be a death sentence. She had something else they said, lung cancer. Uh, uh, it was something else that they said that she had, but they didn't say that lung cancer was the actual cause of her death. They said it was diabetes, complication with diabetes. We really don't know yet. We're, we're going to get the autopsy and we'll know for sure what actually killed uh, Penny Marshall. Because, you know, it could have been diabetes. It could have been uh, lung cancer. It could have been a lot of things she was diagnosed in the past. Uh, I I mean, when I did see a photograph of her, a late, uh, uh, one of the latest photographs of her, she did look on the very heavy side. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you got diabetes, that's really bad. You know, so... Um, if you got diabetes out there, if you know anybody who's got diabetes, you can live with it. In some instances, diabetes can be cured. I mean, you can just like you can just like you. Uh, um, what was I going to say? I lost my thought. I was looking at something on the computer and I totally lost my thought. Diabetes can be uh, uh, cured. Yes, it can. You can get rid of it immediately, but you got to work at it. It's not going to come <laughs> just like that. You got to work at it. And uh, if you go back to doing the same things that brought you diabetes, it will come back immediately. Not the next day, not in two weeks, not in 10 years. It's going to come back immediately. If you go eating that donut or that double cheeseburger and drinking a whole liter of Coke, it's coming back and it's coming back with a vengeance and it's coming back immediately. I have talked to doctors about that. I have talked to doctors and and I have had diabetes. Diabetes doesn't escape anyone. Doesn't take doesn't escape anyone. So Penny Marshall, she was a bit on the heavy side, the, the really heavy side and you know, she probably lost her battle with it and she couldn't uh, deal with it anymore because she had all these other things, eh, other things going on in her body. And that's frightening. Uh, a person, I mean, a, a lot of people are walking around here on earth in, in the city, walking around, period, everywhere with diabetes. So they have four or five different kinds of diseases, diabetes, cancer, lung cancer, heart disease, people walking around with four or five or six, seven diseases and you don't even know you don't even know you know so i think that the best way to and the the best way to deal with a lot of these diseases that you have is to exercise eat properly and be positive 
sometimes you can cure a lot of the diseases that you have just by doing the right thing, not by going to the doctor and getting a fucking prescription. The doctor's going to be gladly to write your prescription because that's money going in their pocket. Of course, I'm not saying, you know, don't go see your doctor. Do not go. Do not take your medication. Of course, take it. If you feel that that medication is making you better, but a lot of medications do not make you better. They just kind of control. They just kind of control the symptoms. If that, but they will never ever uh, cure what you have. So you'll be taking uh, medications for the rest of your life. You know, and you don't want to do that. You want to. You want to cure it. Heart disease can be cured. I mean, you can get rid of that. I mean, cancer, you can stop that from coming coming on, or you can find a way to deal with it. But one of the things, one of the things about cancer is if you let it go for too long, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's, it can be deadly. Uh, um, that's why a lot of doctors say and a lot of people say catch it early. Catch it early. You know, a lot of people do not catch it early. I mean, before... A lot of people don't have any symptoms when it comes to cancer. They they think they're feeling great and feeling good, you know, but the only time they really know that they have cancer is when it's terminal and that's bad. But I'm going to tell you this, folks, a lot of ways you can um, get rid of some of your ailments is pure exercise. Even if you're in pain, exercise through the pain. You remember that old saying, no pain, no gain? That's true. That's true. Exercise through your pain. One of the things you don't want to do when you're feeling bad, you're out of it, you you know, not to go lay around on the couch moaning and groaning, turning on the TV, I don't feel good. You're going to die. The minute your body starts to act up, the first thing you ought to do is go Take a walk or get on that treadmill or that unicycle, get you some exercise, get you a bottle of water, and just exercise for an hour or so. Exercise is good for outer and inner pain. Drink a lot of water. Water uh, brightens you up. Water lightens you up. Water gives you a good, puts you in a good mood. All the time. I mean, for real, that's true. Because of a lot of people around you who are just bitching and arguing and and can't get along, you're not going to be one of them. <laughs> because you're going to be feeling good. You're going to have a great mood, a great personality about yourself. You're going to have that glow about yourself. Um, you're not going to be a, be be a part of that. So you drink water. You exercise. I know it's tough. I'm not saying do not go do not go check your medication. I'm not saying do not go to the doctor. I'm not saying do not rely on any doctor that will tell you uh this or that because a lot of doctors will not tell you what's wrong with you until you ask them. You know, some people will not tell you and a lot of doctors will not tell you what you ought to be doing once you get out of that hospital or that clinic. Uh, what you should do when you get home, you have to ask them. And a lot of us forget to ask, right? They always say, well, if, if something's wrong, call your doctor, ask your doctor. Your doctor knows best. But a lot of times they don't. That's why a lot of them get sued for malpractice, you know. So, uh, but it's a lot of things online. If you have an ailment or some sort of that you you don't understand, maybe your doctor said, well, you got this, you got that, go look it up online. 
find out what what they're saying about it online. And also, when you when you find out what what your illness is about online, there's always going to be something that says cures or or the way to remedy remedy that. Sometimes you, you can uh, doctor yourself online. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to always spend a lot of money with prescription drugs that are only making the making your symptoms worse. Worse. Diabetes can be cured, but I don't think it can be permanently cured. Because if you start doing some of the things that you were doing when you first got diabetes, diabetes is going to come back and it's going to come back with a vengeance. And then you're going to have to tell yourself, oh, shit, I got to exercise again. I got to eat right again. I got to do this. You have to start all over doing the same things you did before when the diabetes either was was in remission or or you were cured. But that's one thing about diabetes. It never, ever goes away. I mean, it can, it, it never goes away, but you can, you'll know if it's in remission, if you don't have it anymore, you'll know that you don't have it. Oh, I'm free of diabetes. You won't be if you go eat that piece of cake with all that frosting on it. It's going to come back with a vengeance. I mean, well, Junior, how do you know? Well, George, how do you know? I know because... I've had plenty of doctors and physicians on my show, and you know I, I'm not out of the woods myself, so I know, you know, and I know that everybody is not made up the same. Our bodies are are different, and we we need our bodies are different, and there's different things for this or that when it comes to our bodies, but if. But if you're the type of person that has experienced a lot of things and you've been through a lot of things, you've talked to a lot of people, you've read a lot of stuff, you've been to doctors, you've been to clinics and stuff like this, you gain a lot of knowledge that way on on whatever the hell you think you have. Diabetes doesn't have to be a death sentence. Cancer does not have to be a death sentence. Heart disease, uh, lung cancer, these things, they don't have to be death sentences if you can catch them in time and um, eat right and exercise, drink a lot of water, you know, because drinking water, in terms of diabetes, drinking a lot of water can flush your body out. Drinking a lot of water can, the sugar in your body that's causing you to have diabetic symptoms, a lot of water, eating right. Then there's some people who say, well, you can eat donuts and cake and candy even when you got diabetes because it will not bother you or affect you. That's a lie. I don't think diabetics actually have to cut out all sugar, but I do think you have to cut out the majority of it. And some people say just stop eating sugar altogether. You know, but if you want to, if you have tons and tons of sugar in your system, you get too much sugar. Your your body uh, organs are overflowing with sugar. Then you're gonna need something to flush them out. Just like you know, like the drunks out here, the winos, the alcoholics. You know, I mean, when they get to jail, the first thing uh, uh, the captain says is, "Hey, detox that guy." What do you think? What do you think they're talking about? They're talking about flushing this guy. <laughs> <laughs> giving him uh, a, a lot of water to drink, to flush him out, clean him out. Because water, that's what water does. It cleans 
out your entire system if you drink enough of it. And it's true. Uh, if you walk into to the bathroom and you have to use the bathroom and you start to urinate and you're urinating in the bathroom, whether, it's, whether you're a man or, or, or a woman, and you're urinating, you're sitting on the toilet, suddenly you get up from the toilet and if your pee is, is really, really, really yellow, really yellow, like my son's, <laughs> if your pee is really, really super yellow, that means you need to be cleaned out. That means that you need to be cleaned out. And the perfect thing for cleaning you out is water. Is water. You start cleaning your, drinking a lot of water, cleaning yourself out, and then the next time you go to the bathroom to pee or urinate, you look, you get up off the toilet, you look down, and, and your pee is clear. That means that you're clean inside. It's, it's, it's a form of detox, detoxification, detoxification, if that's a word. You know, so water plays a, 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 a phenomenal part in cleaning you up inside, getting that sugar out, getting that salt out, getting all of that garbage that you've eaten out. I mean, you could, with water, you can go to McDonald's and eat two or three Big Macs. But then after you eat those two or three Big Macs, do not do not push it down with a Coke or a Kool-Aid or a soda. Push it down with water. The water is the best way of pushing uh, food down and out of your body. Not necessarily fiber. People want to eat fiber, eat fiber, eat wheat. Drink water. And it pushes all that waste inside of you out into the toilet. The water does. And it cleans your bowels out too. Water cleans your body. But some but be careful. There's I, I think I read somewhere where it says if you drink too much water every day or you overload on water, you could flush out the needed nutrients in your body that you need to live on. Maybe that's true. I have a feeling that's true. So you don't want to overload too much on water. This is why they say drink six to eight glasses of water a day. You know, because water detoxes you. It flushes, flushes you out. Well, one of the things I have to warn about drinking, about, <laughs> well, if I can say this, one of the things I want to warn about drinking too much water, which is, which is good. I think drinking too much water is good. Uh, you're going to be peeing. You're going to be getting up six or seven times a night going to the bathroom if you drink enough water. Because I used to work with guys. Uh, <laughs> this guy, he was a lot older. <laughs> uh, every time you look around, he was rushing to the bathroom. He was rushing to the bathroom. It wasn't his prostate or anything like that. It wasn't uh, anything like that. He didn't have colon cancer or anything that uh, like that. It was just that water and you drink a lot of water, um, uh, obviously you're going to feel some of that water weight. But water is is good for you. You know, I mean, if you if you drink a lot of water, make sure you, uh, if you're at your job, make sure you are right next door to a bathroom. 
Because this is just what happens when you drink water. You leak a lot. I mean, you really leak. Uh, but in the long run, it's beneficial. It is totally beneficial. All right, you've been listening to uh, the George Wilder Jr. Show, and I've been talking about Penny Marshall. Um, I remember Laverne and Shirley. I I remember Laverne and Shirley. I thought it was a silly show, but it was a popular show. It was on for seven years, um, and it's still on. It's still on somewhere, it, you know, uh, reruns or, or, or something like that. It's it's on cable TV. It's on TV um cable television and uh, some TV land, I believe. But, you know, it's still on. A lot of these shows from the 70s are still on. I mean, you compare some of these 70s shows with some of the shows in 2018, 2019. You know, I don't know. I don't know. They look so (laughs) outdated. They look so outdated. And majority of the people in some of these 70s shows and uh, that we enjoy, that some of us enjoy, uh, are dead. I mean, sometimes when you're looking at some of these 70s shows, these people are either dead or they're very old, you know, and uh, you always ask yourself, wow, where where is so and so what they're doing? What are are they doing? You know, anyway, uh, Penny Marshall is uh, gone. And uh, I don't know, this is 2019 has really been. A year where people, famous people, people you loved, people you watched, grew up watching, people you admired, have passed away. I didn't know Nancy Wilson had passed away. You know, she she was a singer in 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 the uh, realms of a of Aretha Franklin, which passed away. We know Aretha Franklin passed away, but Nancy Wilson passed away. Yeah, I mean, this woman must have. Uh, I I remember her from years ago. You know, she was just out there. I mean, she was a jazz singer. She was a pop singer. She did it all. And she was very, very beautiful. She was a beautiful African-American woman. She died not too long ago, uh, a few days ago, actually. Uh, She was 81. Nancy Wilson, 81. Yeah, and Penny Marshall, who passed away today, uh, was it yesterday? She was 75. 75 years old, yeah. So, um, but just think about all the people who pass away and die that you never hear about. People die every day all the time just because they're not famous. They don't have a, 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 a book or a movie out or anything like that. They don't have anything. Uh, they're not a musician, an actor, or an actress or whatever. People die every day, and you hear nothing about it. But let a famous person die. It's all over the Internet. It's all over television, the news. It's everywhere, the newspapers. But let somebody die with who hasn't done anything famous or anything. I mean, you've got a lot of people who are totally, totally heroes, and you don't know who they are, where they are, but they are heroes of their day. You know, they die. You don't know anything about them. You haven't heard anything about them. You don't know their names. But they are some of the most unsung heroes that you've never heard of. There's a million people out here, out here helping those who need help, giving of their time and money. 
If they don't have money, they give give their time. You don't know who they are, but you know they're out there, and you know they're out there being the best and doing the best for America to make America a better place. We only hear about those who die, especially if they're famous. But what about those who die who are not famous? We don't hear nothing about them. Nothing. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and it's, what time is it? Uh, 6.29, 6.30 uh, Central Time in the city of Chicago on <laughs> on the George Wilder Jr. Show. And it is just, a, it is just a, a pleasure, an honor to be here and doing the show for as long as I've done it, and we're still doing it. And this show is all about making the world a better place. And I hope you guys listen to all of those shows, those podcasts that I have done, because they're all good. They're all informative. I I never really try to do a show where no one could actually learn anything. We're all going to learn something, you know, because if we stop learning, we're dead. You're going to be learning for the rest of your life. I don't need to know that. I know everything. No, you don't. Because And I used to think like that, you know, because I always told myself, I want to know a little bit of everything. No way. (laughs) There's always something that you're going to learn about. I don't care if you're 100 years old, you're going to still keep on learning. And you know who's doing the teaching? Young people are doing the teaching. I don't mind learning from younger people. I really don't mind. But you got so many people out here who have a problem learning from younger people. I don't. I don't have a problem learning from learning from anybody. I couldn't care if they're 19 or 20 years old or, you know, I mean, when I first had my child, you know, I learned a lot just by having a child. So um, you learn something every day. You learn something all the time. You never know what you're going to learn. If you if you don't learn something, it it, it means something is wrong. It means to, um, you know, it means that you're dead. Uh, I was told that once. If you stop learning, that means you're dead. And I believe that because you're going to learn all the way up to the day you die. And I think that's true, and I totally believe that. And we will be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to the George Wilder Jr. Show.
few moments ago. That's right. Very fun. I got to see a little bit of things here. So thank you. Thank I appreciate you. it. What do you love about being thank president? You. So when you get up in the morning, the you say, I get to go do this. What do you love? My people love the job I'm doing. Yeah. You have such energy for this. You do I have a choice? Well, yeah, you do, actually. You do. Not every president would have worked six and seven days out on a campaign trail. How does it feel to be awesome? Uh, good morning and welcome to AM Joy. As Donald Trump's legal woes multiply, the ground is beginning to crumble under his feet, with now three separate federal criminal inquiries into him and his associates. Trump's former lawyer and fixer Michael Cohen was sentenced to three years in prison this week and went public, directly implicating his former boss in a scheme to break campaign finance laws. And yet, Fox News anchor Harris Faulkner sat down with Trump this week and served up a heaping helping of softballs. But even in his safe space at Fox, Trump couldn't completely escape news of his legal troubles. Why did you hire Michael Cohen? Like he was known as a Taylor, first of all. That was his title. He did very low-level work. Why did he you did need more him? public relations than he did law, but he did stuff. You'd see him on television. He was okay on television. But years ago, many years, like 12, 13 years ago, he did me a favor. Well, likely even more jarring for the MAGA faithful, one Fox contributor, Judge Andrew Napolitano, veered way off script this week on the Kirby couch. A very, very telling statement came out of the judge's mouth yesterday. The judge finding that the president ordered and paid for Michael Cohen to commit a crime. That is very telling. What crime? The intentional deception and failure to report campaign f uh, 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 payments. Joining me now is author and media analyst Eric Bollard and MSNBC contributor Gabriel Sherman. Thank you, guys. All right, so we, are we seeing sort of a disturbance in the fourth game where some people at Fox can't stay on the talking point? Yeah, I mean, I love that clip you just showed where Steve Ducey was almost shocked that he was like, like, there was like, a, there was like a, a glitch in the matrix and suddenly like truth came through and he said, what crime had he committed? So, yeah, I think there are moments. But I think ultimately, you know, the network is still behind him. The question is, when did the, the audience turn on Trump? Because this right. is ultimately a ratings game for Fox. Sure. So if they start to see the ratings erode, you'll see more and more hosts break with the president. And, and let's play one more of the Steve Ducey versus Judge Napolitano. Just one more little clip. Donald Trump has said that that was not a campaign uh, violation because it wasn't in involving the campaign. Unfortunately, damage control payment. Unfortunately, the president wasn't in the courtroom, and the people who were, uh, the federal prosecutors who had a statement from David Pecker, the guy that owns uh, uh, the National American Enquirer. National Enquirer, said it was for the campaign. The prosecutors said it was for the campaign. Michael Cohen said it was for the campaign. I wonder, you know, Eric, when, when the viewers of Fox News hear that, or right. hear Chef Smith, who regularly just breaks it down and keeps it real, right. is that something that they view as their network being fair and balanced, or is this something that they just utterly reject and that ultimately management says do less of that? I think they utterly reject it. I think the, the whole idea of Fox News is you just hear this message over and over again. But the problem for Trump is going to be, you know, Fox isn't going to be enough. You know, sentencing judges, sentencing judges don't care about Fox News things. Right, grand juries don't care what Fox News thinks. Right. Democratic chairmen of House committees don't care what Fox News thinks. <laughs> yeah. We're entering a whole new dimension you now, and 2019 is going to be much more of a legal battle versus a political partisan battle. Yeah. Fox News is very good on the partisan, the mudslinging stuff. Yep. It's very bad. Judge Napolitano is off script because he's actually a judge who kind of <laughs> understands the law. Everyone else. 
there's no defense that they've come up with that makes any sense for any of this Russia stuff. Yeah, I want to bring in Charlie, Charlie Sykes. Now, Charlie, you, you were in uh, conservative talk radio for a very long time, so you yeah. know how uh, you know exacting uh, conservative audiences can be if you veer off script and you don't tell them what they want to hear. I wonder what you think about whether or not Fox News does have space to at some point in inject a little bit of the reality of Donald Trump's situation, because it's very difficult to hide how much jeopardy he is increasingly in. That is a very, very good question, because I think that uh, increasingly a lot of conservatives think of the conservative media as their safe space, a phrase yeah. you use, and they don't want to hear this necessarily. And Fox News has to look over its shoulder because there are other, even more pro-Trump networks out there. Right. But I, but I do think, but I do think that, uh, was it Eric who said, uh, who said that Fox News is not enough? It, it's not enough, because here's the, the president who has really, you know, try to create an alternative reality um, around all of all of this. And Fox News has contributed to creating this alternative reality bubble. But, you know, facts are stubborn things and reality does intrude. And you are starting to see some cracks here. But it is interesting that how does Donald Trump react to all of these threats? It's to go back into his warm, fuzzy, safe space and, and, and uh, you know, uh, engage in these incredibly cringeworthy, sycophantic interviews. Yeah. But uh, that's only that's only going to get him so far. Well, yeah, you know, we've been here before, actually. You know, uh, at the end of the Bush presidency after Katrina, where just it was clear to everyone, even Republicans, that it was a disaster. Fox News basically almost stopped covering the White House. They did some stories, but they basically shifted the focus and they did other, you know, memes like War on sure. Christmas. Yeah. And so I think, you right. know, at some point they may just have to, you know, stop covering Trump so heavily yeah. and just find other stories because the audience just doesn't want to hear right. objectively bad news. Well, I mean, and one of the things that you see yeah. in that very vein is that they focus on immigration, right? They focus oh, yeah, on yeah, something yeah, that triggers right. their bases, sort of brown people, know, yeah, exactly. brown people, you know, storming the country because they completely stopped covering the caravan. Yeah, Interestingly right. enough, apparently. Really? It's Stopped arriving, right. um, but you still have people like Tucker Carlson. Here's Tucker Carlson, um, yep. who's you know pretty much been hitting that one drum of demographic change mm -hmm. is scary, and that's what he's been doing. Here's a little bit of Tucker. We have a moral obligation to admit the world's poor. They tell us, even if it makes our own country poorer and dirtier and more divided. So you know, Eric, this is their strategy, right? right? Is to just keep on harping on that. That has caused some backlash too. Pacific Life has pulled ads from Tucker Carlson's show because of that comment. Right. The uh, that's what they do well. They do the smear. They do the hate mongering. They do fear. Again, they don't do legal defense very well. <laughs> and and we saw two new polls in the last 24 hours about people don't believe Trump specifically about the Russia. Yeah. Uh, and so there's been this 18-month Trump Fox News hoax campaign, complete failure. None of that stuff plays. Out outside of the bubble, and that's the problem they're going to have in 2019. And Charlie, you know this audience very well, uh, yeah. as I said before, yeah. because one of the other things that seems to work, or at least to be tried, is sort of cultural grievance, mm -hmm. and this idea yes. that it is all a conspiracy, not just against Trump, but by extension against conservatives, that the left just hates conservatives, and that that's the reason that they're trying to investigate Trump. Donald Trump this morning feeding that same thing by going after Saturday right. Night Live, which is an odd thing to do to keep on, he's obviously watching Saturday Night Live. Um, and he, he, it really upsets him that they make fun of him. But I, I put that up just to say that I've heard this for very many years, this idea among the right where they say co comedy is biased against conservatives. And therefore, when people are making fun of someone like Donald Trump, by extension, they're making fun of the right. That is a way to defend Trump, even against lying and criminality. 
Yeah, there's there's two things. Yes, um, the distraction, you know, love, you know, like it's almost like well, the dog with a squirrel, like, oh, let's look over here at Hillary's emails or these these uh, dark, dirty people coming across the border. But it is extraordinary the extent to which people on the right have played the victim card. Yeah. About 20 years ago, I wrote a book called A Nation of Victims, but I never thought that the conservative <laughs> movement would embrace describing themselves as victims. And Donald Trump plays this, blaming the problems on the other, but also saying that attacks on him are attacks on you, mm -hmm. which is why he plays this cultural grievance. So, for example, you know, when he criticizes, you know, his, his critics, watch how he pivots to say, this is not about me. They are insulting you. They are coming for you. This is an assault on your values. And that, of course, has resonated. This, this is one of the reasons, you know, this was one of the, the themes of the Trump administration, I mean, the Trump campaign and the Trump administration, and also this belief that Donald Trump himself can never fail. He can only be betrayed or undermined. Yeah. You know, the buck never stops with Donald Trump, and you're going to see that theme a lot. And, you know, um, Gabe, I'm curious to see, again, how long in the Fox News establishment, you know, Roger Ailes was very good at grievance, right? Yeah. And so was Right Wing Talk Radio, for, yeah. for, to be right honest politics, with you. Yeah. If you listen to, over the years, Rush Limbaugh, it was a similar theme. They're coming after you. Yeah, yeah. They're stealing from you. They, that amorphous they is out to get you. That's a pretty consistent and powerful theme. But Fox News did hire some people who still stop, who want to be journalists, right? Yeah, who still yeah. want to do that job. Chris Wallace, um, who often is in that pivot position yeah. of being doing conservative TV, but also mm -hmm. doing journalism, here he is again, and I wonder how long this kind of thing can survive. Take a listen. Michael Flynn, the president says, you know, Mueller says he lies. Flynn said he didn't lie. What he neglects to mention is that the president fired him uh, three weeks after he became the national security advisor. Why did he fire him? For lying. So the president fired the man for lying who he's now defending against lying. I'm always fascinated by that dichotomy, right? Yeah, because yeah. Chris Walsh is still going to do that. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how long the management at Fox, the new management at Fox, will tolerate. Is that something that they encourage? Yeah, so I think one of the changes in the Roger Ailes era, a comment like that would have gotten someone taken off the air. It was much more top-down. I think in the post-Ailes era, they go where the audience goes. So they allow you know moments like that to happen because the ratings are good, but there's not the kind of authoritarian top-down where, you know, example is during the 08 campaign, a young reporter had criticized Sarah Palin for not giving access to the press. That person was pulled off the air never to appear again. So things like that happen. They happen less now because the Murdochs are just primarily concerned with money and the money is pouring in. And, and I wonder now when you extrapolate from there to something like Sinclair, which is right. doing a completely different thing right. that is actually broader than what Fox is doing. They're just feeding direct propaganda into the homes of people through their traffic and weather together. I mean, that is an, a much sort of more ominous kind of uh, development. Well, people saw the, how much money you can make from Fox, and if you are a radical ideologue like the owners of Sinclair, they say, well, let's just take this to the local stations, and you say, let's, let's infiltrate uh, local news, because polling shows people actually uh, uh, admire and respect local news right, and trust, trust it. Yeah. Anything on local news, they're, they're more likely to trust, so that has been another in. But, you know, Sinclair ran into a problem. Uh, they had to make an apology a couple weeks ago. So they're always seeing these bumps along the road the way Fox is, and they don't really know how this whole Trump thing is going to play how out. How it's going to play And that can, is the question, can I, Charlie. Can I add you know, something here, too? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. No, and, and, and also, you know, speaking of this, this pattern that we've been des describing, the, the uh, shutdown of the weekly right. standard um, right. on, on, on Friday is really part of all this. And really rather extraordinary that one of the very, very few independent Trump skeptical publications on the right has basically been, well, ritualized, the, the, the victim of ritualized murder by, by the owners. 
And you know how ironic that just as the Trump presidency appears to be imploding, that this very, very important dissenting independent fact-based voice on yeah. the right mm -hmm. has been silenced. Yeah, yeah, it is an interesting yeah. development. Um, thank you guys. Uh, Eric Bollard and Gabriel Sherman, thank you very much. Charlotte's going to be back later in the show. Well, Trump is now promising really good health care. Listen, 24 hours after an activist Republican judge went after Obamacare. More on that next. really good health care. Exciting things happened over the last 24 hours. If the Republicans and the Democrats get together, we are going to end up with incredible health care, which is the way it should have been from day one. Okay, well, you won't be surprised to find out that that's not true. The Affordable Care Act is still the law of the land this morning, and there are no signs that Congress has any plans to redo health care from scratch. What Trump was referring to was the surprise ruling Friday night, perfectly timed to disrupt the final day of Obamacare open enrollment, in which a conservative federal judge in Texas declared that the Affordable Care Act is unconstitutional, despite the Supreme Court ruling six years ago to uphold the ACA. This new ruling could put the health care law on track to wind up right back in the high court again before an even more conservative bench. Joining me now, Jonathan Cohen of the Huffington Post. Perry Bacon Jr. of 538.com and Wendell Potter, founder of Tarbell.org. Thank you all for being here. And Jonathan, I'm going to start with you. We spoke the other night uh, during the Rachel Maddow show. Have you had time to digest this ruling and what are your thoughts on its viability? Yeah, so I mean, the the ruling the first time we looked at it Friday night, it, it looked uh, it, it looked kind of bananas, which is uh, and, and I use that phrase because in the two days since I, I've read a lot of the commentary from a lot of the legal experts, and actually yeah. there are a lot of uh, conservative experts have looked at it and said this ruling is bananas. That's actually a direct <laughs> quote from the guy who filed the last lawsuit right. against the Affordable Care Act. I mean, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, um, it basically says we need to uh, obey. Well, we have to respect the will of Congress. Congress, what Congress said back in 2010, even though Congress changed its mind in 2017. And again, people know this is all about the, the basis of the case is the individual mandate, the penalty that's now gone. Does that, can the law stand or fall? Um, whether, you know, what happens with the case is hard to say. I mean, you know, uh, this is a fairly far-fetched legal argument. Um, it's hard to imagine a circuit court upholding it. It's even harder to imagine John Roberts, who had two chances to vote against the Affordable Care Act on much more plausible grounds yeah. voting against it. But, you know, it's not a guarantee. I mean, who knows? I mean, that's the thing. Now the possibility is out there. And that's the thing, uh, Perry Bacon Jr. We've been talking about the Affordable Care Act since, you know, what, eight years now. Um, and, and the reality is, is that as the law has gotten more popular, let's see a poll here, it's got a 53 to 40 favorable ruling. As the law has gotten more unpopular, that hasn't changed the Republican messaging on it. And Republicans have consistently more than 50 votes in the House to try to overturn it. They've consistently tried to gut it. This is still their thing to get rid of it. So Republicans haven't changed their mind. And just maybe it's just my cynicism, but the courts are packed with Republican judges who simply think exactly like the base of the party. Right. I think, you know, think about how much Mitch McConnell's focus on judicial appointments to the exclusion yeah. of almost everything else. That is his big priority. I think the reason for that is you're likely to see more sort of venue shopping. We could find the judge who will issue a ruling like this. The conservatives targeted this judge, used to work for John Cornyn, knowing he would issue this kind of ruling. I think Jonathan's right. As long as John Roberts is on the, in the court, you have four Democratic votes plus Roberts. It's probably likely the decision will ultimately stand up. But I think we're now in almost year 
nine of Obamacare resistance. You have yeah. states won't won't expand Medicaid, states won't use marketplaces. All these lawsuits, and I think you're going to see this continue. We might be in year twelve or year thirteen. The Republicans now know they probably can't repeal this through Congress because it's unpopular. But I think they're going to keep looking for the courts to knock down Obamacare for them. And you know, Wendell, I, uh, Wendell Potter, I want to go to sort of another issue here, which is that you've got what Republicans. Someone has described this ruling as the dog that caught the car, right? You have on the one hand, activist Republicans just don't believe in the idea of regulating the insurance market. They believe insurance companies should have the right to charge people higher uh, you know, premiums if they want to because they have pre-existing conditions. They just don't believe in the idea of this at all. And on the other hand, you have people who have to legislate who they don't have the luxury of just being ideological. They may vote to overturn uh, the Affordable Care Act, but they do so when they know it won't actually happen, right? So now let me show you a little bit of that dichotomy of Susan Collins, who's going to be up for re-election in a couple of years. Here's what she said about the ACA and this ruling earlier today. I think this will be overturned on appeal. You do? I do. In the Supreme Court or in the Fifth Circuit or where, where do you think it's... I'm not sure where it will occur, but there's no reason why the individual mandate provision can't be struck down and keep all of the good provisions of the Affordable Care Act. At least for now, Susan Collins on the record saying that she thinks that this will be overturned uh, until it's politically expedient to change her mind. But now you have probably the most radical member of the Trump administration, uh, Stephen Miller, who was on CBS this morning, and here were his thoughts. So to be clear there, you're predicting that this goes to the Supreme Court and that the Supreme Court ultimately strikes down. I believe that's the likeliest outcome because Obamacare is always unconstitutional. So Wendell Potter, that's the dichotomy, right? People have to get elected, right. don't want to say they're against things like the pre-existing conditions provision. People like Stephen Miller are like, yeah, kill the whole law. Yeah, I think uh, Senator Collins has a much better understanding of how our healthcare system operates than Stephen Miller does. That's one thing. And I think that the senator is uh, hoping and frankly relying on the Fifth Circuit to uh, save the Republicans from themselves. And by the way, the Fifth Circuit, the chief judge there is uh, a Clinton appointee. So the chances of it being overturned there or this decision being overturned uh, is much greater. I think that that's probably the case. And whether it reaches the Supreme Court, you know, we'll just have to see. But I think that uh, increasingly, Republican lawmakers and certainly Republican uh, voters are beginning to understand that we can't go back to where we were. In fact, uh, a significant uh, percentage of Republicans are saying we need to.
anybody see that video of Comey coming out of a meeting with the Republicans? He was pissed. He was totally, totally pissed. He really blistered and lashed out at the Republicans in Congress and Republicans all over this fucking place who are just in it with Trump. And they don't mind being in it with Trump. They're trying to make his lies, his his crimes, his felonies, they're trying to make little out of that, which they look ridiculous in doing. But they're doing it anyway. I, 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 I've never been a James Comey fan, but I do like what he was saying, and he was dead on the money. He said things like, uh, Trump is lying on him. Trump's lying on the FBI. He's lying. Uh, he's trying to uproot the rule of law. He's saying, I, I have the clip here somewhere on this show, and maybe we'll play it later. Of that meeting, he blistered. He walked dead in front of the cameras and a lot of reporters and journalists around with microphones asking him questions. I mean, he really blistered uh, the Republicans. I mean, he told them, will they listen? Maybe he might have peeled off, peeled off one or two of them, but I, he didn't do much uh, for for many of them, especially Fox News. And he was he told them he he told the Republicans stop being the fuck afraid of Fox News, stop being afraid of Donald Trump, and start caring about your country. He lambasted him, but as soon as he said the right things. Fox News reared its ugly head. What's that guy named Lou Dobbs? That racist son of a bitch over there at Fox News saying that, you know, saying negative things about what Comey said. You know, um, uh, that racist son of a bitch, that, that Lou Dobbs. I used to, years ago, I used to listen to him because I thought he, he wasn't as racist or as white supremacist as he is now. But, yeah, he's wearing that toupee or whatever the hell he has on his head. He's about 90 years old and and such a hateful son of a bitch. Anyway, uh, Fox News came out against what Comey was trying to tell the Republicans to stop being afraid of Donald Trump. Do not let this asshole uh, end democracy and uproot the end uh, the rule of law. He was basically saying, stop being afraid of Fox News. Then Fox News came out and said, stay afraid of Fox News. Be afraid of Fox News. And if, you, if anybody wants to know, Fox News ratings are down. I think Rachel Maddow's ratings are up, MSNBC. Um, their ratings are down, but still too many people are watching that shit, watching that garbage. That's all it is. Fox News is straight up garbage. You got a bunch of liars, racists, con artists. Who are in Trump's ass That's all you've got at Fox News I mean they are really A propaganda machine For Donald Trump no matter fuck, No matter what I mean Donald Trump said one day He could go out on the street and shoot somebody And they will still Kiss his ass That is to be believed And anyway I'm talking about James Comey And uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of Americans Are saying giving James Comey a thumbs up A thumbs up And guess what Trump is uh, From what I'm understanding Trump and maybe the, the White House They're backing off shutting down the government But that's no 
conf- there's no confirmation coming from Donald Trump. It just came from Sarah Huckabee Sanders, his his uh, uh, second self. Yeah, but they're saying that there's no confirmation from Donald Trump. Donald Donald Trump is saying, uh, "Will there be a shutdown, Mr. Trump? We'll see. We'll see." Sitting there like a little five-year-old child pout, pouting his ass off because he can't get his fucking way. He's the worst president ever. The worst fucking president ever. And history will not be kind to Donald Trump and his fucking family who seems as if they are about to be indicted and go to fucking jail. If Trump, will, if Trump can't be indicted as a sitting president, his family can. His three adult children can. They fucked over that Trump Foundation, calling it a charity. A charity. And, uh, the money for, that went to that charity, they put it in their in pockets. That's illegal. And now it's been dissolved. And the rest of the money that uh, the that's in that charity, that's being now dissolved by the Trump administration and by Trump himself. We'll go to other charities around New York, but they want to make sure that those charities are up and up. They want to make sure that you're not giving those that they're not going to be giving that money to people uh, in those charities that's going to be lining their pockets with that money. And I don't blame them. Too many people line their pockets with money, you know. So Trump, uh, they're saying that uh, Trump and his. Um, Siblings, uh, not siblings, but his kids, his his adult children will be charged pretty soon. You know, New York is suing Donald Trump. You know, uh, over the Trump's foundation. That's just one of the investigations that's going on. That's just one. There's several more. I think there's about six. If you ask me, there's probably a ton. There's probably some we don't even know about. And what about the ones that Donald Trump has settled? The suits that came upon him that he settled just so he wouldn't look bad in the press. He looked bad. He he never stopped looking bad, if you think about it, folks. Donald Trump never stopped looking bad. Okay, it says here, I'm on the computer. It says, um, I'm looking at Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin. Uh, New Russian missiles. Missiles. Okay, I mispronounced that. Sorry. New Russian missiles will give the West food for thought. Okay, so Putin is launching uh, missiles to try to scare the United States. Whoa, I thought him and Donald Trump were partners in trying to destroy to destroy America. A new missile system should give the Western powers pause before they threaten Russia. Serious? Wow. Putin told his defense advisor in Moscow on on Tuesday. That's what they want. They need a war for Donald Trump to stay in power. They need a war. But I don't even think a war is going to keep him in power. He is just so fucked up. Serious breakthrough steps have been made in the development of a unique state of the arts weapon, Putin said, according to an official transcript. These weapons are consolidating consolidating the balance of forces and thus international stability. I hope our new system will provide food for thought for those who are who are used to uh, militaristic and aggressive rhetoric. Okay, 
I don't think he's talking about Trump because Trump don't give a shit about the, uh, the military. All right, Putin made it clear that he was thinking about the West as he touted the success of a recent military exercise with China. Likewise, he said that uh, hypersonic weapons helped maintain um, parity with the United States, even though the Pentagon has a militaristic budget far larger than Russia defense ministry funding. Of course, our military is far superior than Russia. And so I don't know what that uh, obviously he's he thinks Trump's a damn fool because a small country like Russia threatening the United States and other uh large country countries, he has to have some balls to do that. Obviously he thinks Trump's an idiot. I mean the world thinks he's an idiot. And Putin thinks he's an idiot, but Trump can't see that because Trump wants to be like Putin. He wants to uh, emulate Putin. He wants to be a dictator like Putin, which will never happen in the United States. If Trump wants to be a dictator, let him go to one of those, one of those Muslim countries in the Middle East and take over and <laughs> become a uh, dictator over there and see how long uh, he'll last before they drag his ass out to a tree and hang him. All right, it is necessary to move quickly, switch over to modern armament that possesses enhanced capabilities of breaching advanced missiles. Okay, what he's trying to say is, is here, uh, if, if the United States fire a missile in, uh, on Russia, Russia is going to fire another missile to intercept that, mis- that missile in midair, uh, you know, like a movie or something. <laughs> But this is not a movie. This is real. So I, I don't know if he's he's not threatening war. He's just saying, hey, wow, we're just as superior as you guys are, even if we're a smaller country. This is what this guy is saying. At least this is what I'm interpreting from from this article, you know. But uh, Trump, Trump, the only thing Trump is thinking about doing, folks. He's not thinking about war with Russia. He's not thinking about war with Iran or Iraq or Turkey or any country who are enemies to the United States. He's thinking about fucking over the American people. He's thinking about getting over on us. And I've said this several times. Trump does not give a fuck about America. He does not care a fuck about uh, the American people. He just doesn't. What he wants, he wants power. And he wants to line his fucking pockets with our money, with our tax money. This is how this fucker's getting rich. He's getting rich off of us. He's getting rich off the White House. He's making money hands, hand over foot. And I, I, we're waiting to hear from the emolument clauses because of the Constitution where it says a president cannot enrich himself by being president of the United States. But Trump is doing it. So uh, there's an emolument clause out there. Uh, a lot of states have brought uh, suit, a suit against him for doing that. And the last time I heard and read is that uh, Trump and his lawyers are trying to get that suit thrown out of court. They're always trying to get something thrown out of court. Trump lawyers, I mean, they must be in court almost every day trying to get somebody who is suing Trump for something that's relevant to get it thrown out of court. That's how he gets 
vibe with all of this shit. That's why he gets out of all of this shit. That's why he never ends up in court, indicted, or subpoenaed. Because he settles all of this shit out of court. But this he cannot because this is a this is a constitutional amendment that he cannot settle out of court. You either broke the law or you didn't. And most people think uh, that he has broken that uh, a monument law that is included in the Constitution. Trump doesn't give a shit about the Constitution. He only cares about the Constitution when it benefits him. If it benefits somebody else, he doesn't give a fuck about it, and he thinks it's unfair, and he thinks it's unfair to him. Of course he wants to get rid of the Constitution. Trump wants to be like his dictator friends. He's got a lot of dictators. He pushes... Trump pushes our enemies aside. Actually, he pushes our allies aside and closes up with our enemies. If there's, they're calling Michael Flynn a traitor, of course, yeah, he's a traitor. Trump is the biggest traitor of them all. If you saw that despicable display in Helsinki with Vladimir Putin, Totally, totally gave up America to this dictator. And then he tried to weasel himself out of it the next day, and it didn't work. It didn't work. It did not work. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, folks, and we will be right back. Mr. Trump, it's Dixon White here sending a video letter directly to you, sir. And the only reason I call you, sir is because the office that you hold is supposed to be a respectable office. But So I just want to speak directly to you, Mr. Trump. I know you may never get this video. Maybe you will, though, because at least I have white skin like you. But yeah, first, I wanted to applaud you for one thing, and only one thing. Um, many racists in politics are very covert. So I applaud you for being an open racist, and I applaud you for at least letting us see just how racist you are. And it's now it's it's well established worldwide that you are a bona fide white supremacist. Um, there's not a nation that hasn't condemned you as a racist. So you have dishonored and disgraced one of the the highest office offices in the land. But I wanted to say one thing. You made a comment yesterday about shithole countries, poor, black, brown countries. So because they're poor, because they're black and brown and not white or European, you consider them shitholes. Well, I wanted to give you an accurate definition of a shithole nation. A shithole nation, by definition, would be a nation like America that allows and tolerates a racist to operate in their highest office, the presidency. That is a shithole nation. A nation that tolerates a racist president. There is no worse pile of shit or turd in the toilet out of all the other countries that a great nation like America that allows its president to be an open 
white supremacists and then to allow them to continue to function as president. That's the biggest turd in the pot, or as you say, the biggest shithole. Why? Because you, Mr. Trump, are the shit, the turd, in the White House that's staining and putting the foul odor all over our nation. And of course, the only reason you're there is because you're a racist. You're a complete and utter idiot with no competency whatsoever to be where you're at. The only reason you're there is because we had a black president and our racist nation wanted a racist president after a black president. So until America can get past its racism, which I don't know if it ever has, because there's one thing about black folks, Mr. Trump. Black folks have always understood one thing. The more things change in this country, the more they stay the same. You are living proof that any white person, no matter how racist they are, and matter of fact, racism is actually more of a compliment in this nation. It's like apple pie racism in America. They go hand in hand. If you're a white American, you're a racist, and you've, and you've proven that. And not only are you a racist, if you're a racist, you get rewarded for being a racist in this country. Why? Because we are a racist organization called America. Fact. And nothing has changed. In 400 years, what has really changed? We're still seeing black and brown folks executed in the street. Not that you and Jeff Sessions or any of your racist motherfucking cabinet care. You don't give a fuck about justice for people of color. You're all a group of white nationalists. So I just want to tell you, here's one white guy, and I'm telling you personally, Donald Trump, kiss my white fat ass. I hate you, Donald Trump. I literally hate you. And I pray to God you get impeached. You're an embarrassment to our nation and upon the world. Please do us all a favor and resign.
of the advances we've made, it is no surprise that so many of us are utterly devastated by the election of Donald Trump. I have been very clear about my opposition to this president. And everyone knows what I believe. I believe he is one of the most dishonorable, deceitful, and despicable people ever to hold public office. He has undermined the rule of law. He has isolated the United States allies. He has decimated our country's standing and leadership around the world. He has empowered and emboldened white nationalists, racist criminals, and con men just like himself. He flew to Puerto Rico after the island was ravaged by a hurricane, insulted San Juan's mayor, and proceeded to throw paper towels at our fellow Americans who are to this day still trying to recover from that storm. He endorsed a pedophile that ran for the United States Senate and defended wife beaters on his White House staff. This man lies on a daily basis and for all of the people and institutions he has insulted over the last two years, the only person he will not offend or criticize is Vladimir Putin. A brutal dictator who does not share our nation's interests around the world. Of course, none of this should surprise any of us because Donald Trump revealed and showed us who he is and what he was all about throughout his campaign. You may have heard that Donald Trump recently attacked me at the Grand Island Club dinner last week. And people are asking me, oh my goodness, what do you think about that? Well, I tell you what I think about it. I certainly expected him to do something like that. I don't know why it took him so long. Don't forget, this man who's disparaging me has been called stupid, ignorant, uninformed, unhinged, and a moron by his own staff and appointees. And so he had the nerve to attack me. I'm in this fight. I am not going to back down. And I believe that all of us deserve better than Donald Trump. I believe this country deserves better than Donald Trump. I wanted everyone to know that they had a right to be angry about the election of Trump, that this president is not normal, but that all is not lost, because each of us has the power to set this country back on track. I feel very confident and hopeful about the future because I know there are so many people here tonight and in cities and towns across the United States who are about to reclaim their time and reclaim this country. So, we are counting on all of you to show up during the 2018 midterms and vote for people who will restore this democracy and uphold everything that we have fought for to advance the LGBTQ equality. And ladies and gentlemen, again, I keep bringing up Mueller's name because I have so much faith in him. I like the work that he's doing. I think he's going to get him. 
if for some reason he's not able to get him, I'm counting on Stormy to do it. One of my favorite people. And when the Democrats take over uh, uh, the House of Representatives uh, in January, not too far from the date of this show, she is going to, Maxine Waters will have Donald Trump's tax returns. And he's aching in his boots. He's quaking in his boots because of that. She will have his tax returns. She will have them. And we will see them. I'm just hoping, you know, one, another thing that I'm hoping, folks, I'm hoping that Democrats don't get spineless and scared and, and uh, lose, uh, 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 lose sight of what needs to be done in Congress uh, in terms of Donald Trump and the Republicans. I'm hoping they don't, they don't wimp out. Uh, they don't... Uh, um, they don't wimp out. They don't, uh, I don't know, lose their spine against the Republicans. Because let's face it, folks, Democrats in the past have been spineless. I mean, they let the Republicans just kick their asses all over the place, all over Congress, all over America. The Republicans scream, yell, the Democrats. The Democrats have the right issues. They have the right ideas. But they just don't have the stomach to fight. And in this day and age, especially the Trump era, you have to fight. You got to get down in the mud with these fucking people. You just can't uh, talk, be a statement, be a, talk like a statesperson, or you know, talk like a politician, or try to uh, throw your education around on these people. You got to get down in the mud with these folks because that's how they win. That's how they. Uh, uh, win their offices by cheating. The Republicans can't win without cheating. They need to cheat because they know that they they know that it is more of them, more of us. Excuse me, it's more of us than there are of them. But you know what? They have the money. They have the money, and they figure that the money is power. They know we don't have any money, but we have our vote. That's what we got. We got our vote. And we will throw their asses out of office. This is why they um, they win. And as I've said before, I'm hoping that when the Democrats take over, they think about impeaching Trump. I mean, there. I mean, I think yesterday on the show I said, "Well, don't impeach Trump. Trump does something every day. He says something every day, and there's so many investigations into this guy." This and that and that and this and and New York is investigating the hell out of these people. This man needs to be gone. He needs to be gone out of office. He needs to be. People are saying, well, Donald Trump will resign. Donald Trump is not going to resign. Why? I've said this a thousand times. Because he loves power. Donald Trump loves power. And another reason why this man will not resign. If he resigns, he's going to be a private citizen. If he resigns, he becomes a private citizen. And the moment, the minute he becomes a private citizen, the FBI is going to come and indict his ass. 
he cannot be, for some reason, he cannot be indicted because he's a sitting president. But I bet if this was a Democrat sitting as a president, I bet the Republicans wouldn't bring this shit up. But since it's a Republican, they're saying that Donald Trump cannot be uh, indicted because he is a sitting president, which I think is total bullshit. But anyway, if he if he does resign, he will be indicted. He knows it. So therefore, the presidency is saving this man's ass, literally saving his butt. He knows it. Fox News knows this. Mueller knows it. The American people knows it. Know this. Donald Trump resigned. He's finished. He says, they say, well, he's going to run again in 2020. Well, he better win. I don't think he will. He better win because if he loses, he's going to be indicted because he will no longer be president of the United States. When he's giving that concession speech, they're going to also give him an indictment on stage. You know, so he's in a lot of trouble. And there are so many people saying, well, Donald Trump is going to win a second term. Bullshit. Donald Trump will not win a second term against a Democrat. That is no. He didn't win the popular vote in 2016. What the fuck is going to. He's not going to. And and everything has gone downhill pertaining to Donald Trump and his administration since then. Everything has gone downhill. And people are saying, well, Donald Trump is going to win. That's a bullshit. I don't see why Republicans would want Donald Trump as their uh, nominee for 2020. They should come up with somebody else. This guy, uh, uh, Donald Trump is a bully. He's bullying uh, Republicans, and they're scared shitless of him. You know, And, and this, this is why James Comey is saying, stop being afraid of Donald Trump. Stop being afraid of Fox News. Do the right thing for your country. Stop being a fucking traitor for your country. Some will listen, some won't. And probably the majority of them will not. Uh, Fox News will not. A lot of these uh, Republicans are, are just afraid. I mean, they just are afraid, and they should not ever, ever be um Voted back into office. Okay, folks, uh, the George Wilder Jr. show is just about over. We had a lot of fun. I'm thanking you so much. I thank Maxine Waters for that clip. Uh, uh, happy holidays. Happy happy Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year and all that kind of thing from the George Wilder Jr. show. Uh, we're going to be off for the 24th and 25th, so we will be back on the 26th. The George Wilder Jr. show will be back on the 26th. So, you know, I mean, if if we're off the show for any length of time or just, uh, you know, whatever, uh, you can always uh, listen to the podcast on the show. They always sound fresh. They sound fresh and they sound new. Make sure you tell everybody about the podcast. Make sure you tell your friends about the George Wilder Jr. show and just and make sure you go check out all of my writings on Amazon.com. All you got to do is just put in the uh text bar up there, George Wilder Jr., and that my my work will drop down, you know, and uh, check that stuff out, and leave a review if you can. Leave a review. All right, the George Wilder Jr. show is just about off the air. Folks, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, to the George Wilder Jr. show, have a great time. Have a great evening. Have a great morning. 
whenever you find yourself listening to the show. Just have a great one. All right. See you tomorrow. Well, <laughs> yeah, see you tomorrow. Even though this is radio, this is radio, I should say, hey, wow, make sure you join me tomorrow. Bye-bye, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.